More than half of the recent COVID hospitalizations in New York City are not for COVID. Liberal Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor gets slammed for COVID misinformation. Plus, Joe Biden suffers another dismal jobs report. All that and more, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with COVID and the Omicron variant, which seems to be giving everyone a cold and is bringing renewed spotlight on COVID data and the science that the Democrats and those on the left keep ignoring. First, let's look at the overall numbers of COVID cases and deaths in America. If you look at the CDC website, you'll see 59,521,277 cases and 834,077 deaths. Just those two numbers right there, not looking at risk factors, age, or anything else, indicate that if you get COVID, you have a 1.4% chance of dying. 1.4%. Now, we also know from the data and common sense that the death number is higher than the real number and the case number is lower than the real number, which means that in reality, that 1.4% number is actually much lower. How do we know this? Common sense. If you go take a COVID test at home and it's positive, guess what? You're a COVID case, but doesn't show up on the stats. If you have a mild case or no symptoms, you might not even get tested. Guess what? That's another COVID case that will never show up. There are likely millions more COVID cases out there than have ever been reported. On the flip side, regarding COVID deaths, we know that people who die with COVID are being listed as people who die from COVID. And that leads to a highly misleading representation of COVID deaths. We see the same thing happening with COVID hospitalizations too. And to show you how bad it is, New York recently admitted that nearly half of those people listed as COVID hospitalizations came to the hospital for a reason other than COVID. Here's the story. New York Governor Kathy Hochul released data Friday breaking down COVID-19 hospitalizations by those who were admitted due to the virus and those who were admitted for other reasons but were found to have the illness. Included in the data was a chart showing how many hospitalized individuals who have tested positive for COVID-19 were admitted for COVID-19, COVID-19 complications, and how many were admitted for non-COVID-19 conditions. According to the provided statistics, in approximately 43% of hospital admissions, COVID was not included as one of the reasons for admission. Such cases totaled 4,928 as of January 7th, compared to 6,620 patients admitted due to COVID or complications of COVID. 43% of those listed as a COVID hospitalization went to the hospital for something other than COVID, 43%. And you wonder why some people are running around in this perpetual state of fear, thinking that everyone is dying from COVID and COVID is sending everyone to the hospital. That is not the case. Now, the numbers I just presented were recent New York State numbers. In New York City, the inaccuracy is even worse. Here's more. According to the same data set, a staggering 51% of COVID-19 hospitalizations in New York City 
were not due to COVID-19 or related symptoms. The numbers show that 3,060 patients were hospitalized for reasons other than COVID-19, while only 2,992 were admitted due to the illness. My administration is hard at work making testing, vaccines, boosters, and masks more widely available to fight this winter surge, Hochul said. While we are prepared to deal with whatever comes our way using the tools we know are effective, it will take a concerted effort on the part of every New Yorker to beat this pandemic and protect our loved ones. Don't you just shake your head at these quotes? 51% of COVID hospitalizations in New York City are not because of COVID. That's just one city in one state. On Fox News' special report, Brett Baer asked CDC Director Rochelle Walensky directly about the overall COVID death numbers and how many are actual deaths from COVID. Do you know how many of the 836,000 deaths in the U.S. linked to COVID are from COVID or how many are with COVID but they had other comorbidities? Do you have that breakdown? Um, yes, of course. With Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Our death registry, of course, um, takes a few weeks to and is, uh, takes a few weeks to collect. Um, and of course, Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks, but those data will be forthcoming. Wow. She starts out talking about Omicron, which was not the question that was asked. And she basically says, I'll get back to you. Think of how inaccurate the numbers are nationwide. And yet, People are living in fear because of the media, the Democrats, and others in power won't give them the real story. All right, next let's talk about liberal Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next is Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor who is one of the most liberal members of the Supreme Court. If there is anyone you can count on to not follow the Constitution and instead act like a legislator, it's this woman. On Friday, the court was hearing arguments on Joe Biden's unconstitutional vaccine mandates when Sotomayor grossly exaggerated or flat out lied, take your pick, on the effects of COVID and children. Here's the story. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor is facing backlash after falsely claiming that more than 100,000 children in the U.S. are hospitalized, many in serious condition from COVID-19. The Obama-appointed justice made the comments during oral arguments on Friday on President Biden's mandate requiring private employers to ensure their employees are either vaccinated or frequently tested. We have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people severely ill on ventilators, she said. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in serious condition, many on ventilators. It's just outrageous that someone could be so far off from the truth. I mean, Joe Biden says this kind of stuff all the time, but he's losing his mind. What's her excuse? Here's Sotomayor's actual comments from Friday. Um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people is severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and um, many on ventilators. Um, so saying it's a different variant just underscores the fact that without 
the, without um, country today than we had a year ago in January. She claims over 100,000 hospitalized, many on ventilators. As of now, there are slightly over 3,000 children in the hospital for COVID. 3,000, not 100,000, not even close. The fact of the matter, if we want to actually look at data in science, is that children virtually have no chance of dying from COVID. And yet, there is a push to vaccinate children. And I find that to be one of the great failures of our healthcare industry. There is absolutely no reason for children to get vaccinated for something that statistically won't kill them, will hardly make them sick, and with a vaccine that has zero long-term data. And yet, this is exactly what is happening. And it's partly driven by the misinformation being delivered by Fauci and others like Sotomayor. Fortunately, PolitiFact called out Sotomayor for her 100,000 children claim, and Republicans took to social media to blast the misinformation. Here's Senator Rand Paul. Sotomayor, over 100,000 children in serious condition, many on ventilators. Is Fauci advising Justice Sotomayor? Will YouTube censor her? Representative Byron Donalds echoed Paul's sentiments by tweeting this. How can Justice Sotomayor be this wrong about COVID-19? Maybe she is listening to misinformation from the political left. I wonder if Twitter will find these purveyors of COVID-19 misinformation and suspend their accounts. It's amazing that if people actually cite the data and science, they can be banned from YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook simply because the science and data don't support the policies of the left. But what happens when the left spreads actual misinformation? Is anything going to happen? All right, next, let's talk about Joe Biden and jobs following a word from our sponsor. I want to tell you about my friends over at World Fair. If you have a photo of your childhood home, your favorite travel spot, your hometown football stadium, whatever it is, World Fair takes that photo and turns it into a hand-drawn work of art. These sketches make great gifts, moving announcement cards, invitations, and more. So many possibilities that World Fair can do for you. And all you need is a photo. Just use the link in the description and use coupon code BOBBY13 for 10% off your next purchase. Okay, next is Joe Biden in another dismal jobs report. It's clear to all that Biden is not up to the task of being president. And what we are seeing is the perfect storm of blatant negligence, as with Afghanistan and the border, and sheer incompetence. On Friday, we received more confirmation of Biden's inability to lead with the result of the December jobs report. Here's the story. The economy added far fewer jobs last month than economists projected, according to a Friday Labor Department report. For President Joe Biden, it's the fourth dismal jobs report he's received in recent months. Employment rose by just 199,000 jobs in December, the report found, less than half of the 422,000 jobs that economists projected the country would gain. December saw the fewest jobs created of any month in 2021. The month's jobs report is particularly gloomy considering the Labor Department collected its data midway through December before the Omicron COVID-19 variant swept the country and disrupted the economy. Now, of course, following the release of the December numbers, Biden gave a statement at the White House talking about how great everything is. He loves to take credit for the fact that people return to work 
from lockdowns and COVID as if Biden is some huge job creator. Returning to a job is not the same as creating a job. Here's more. Friday's report marks the fourth time in the last five months that the economy has fallen short of expectations for job creation. In August, September, and November, employment increased far less than projected. The run of disappointing jobs reports will do little to improve the poor public perception of Biden's handling of the economy. A CNBC poll this week found that a 60% majority disapproves of Biden's economic performance, and an October poll showed that most voters blame Biden for rising inflation. The American people disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy. They disapprove of his handling of COVID. They don't think he is competent to lead. He can spin all he wants, but the American people aren't buying it. All right, next is outrage continues to build against Leah Thomas, the male collegiate swimmer who's being allowed to compete and dominate against women. The left is trying everything it can think of to justify the situation. What's amazing is that some of the left's main arguments relate to fairness and inclusion. They actually argue that a biological male should be included in women's sports, even if the person is not a woman. And they justify that inclusion on the basis of fairness, which anyone can see the situation is not fair. Now, just listen to this exchange on NBC News with NBC Out reporter Joe Yurkaba, who actually cites folks as a news source in an effort to bash female student athletes, parents, and people with common sense who know that Leah Thomas should not be competing. Joe, I'm glad to have you, glad to have you here. Talk about what's going on here, right? Um, because Leah does have support from her team, from her school, from her league, if you will. And yet for some of her detractors, that doesn't seem to be enough. Sure, yeah. So there are a few different arguments happening here. You've got an argument about fairness. Uh, there are people who oppose trans women competing in women's sports because they say it's unfair to cisgender women who aren't trans, most of whom don't receive the athletic athletic advantages of higher testosterone levels during puberty. Though then you have folks who say there's very little scientific evidence that shows that those advantages carry over for trans women after transition. Folks, this person actually cites folks who say there is no advantage for a guy competing against a woman. And the host makes it sound like everyone is on board with this when the real story is one of pressure and intimidation to not speak out. Teammates have come forward anonymously and said that they are pressured to say that a guy breaking all these women's records is just fine. It's not fine. And now more and more parents and athletes are speaking out. We're also seeing how as the left continues to push this trans agenda, they really don't care about the rights and standing of actual women. The person who is being touted as the highest earning female winner on Jeopardy is actually a guy. That means the real highest earning female no longer has that title. On Sunday night at the Golden Globes, a man won the Best Actress Award for a television series. That means an actual woman didn't win, and a real woman who could have been nominated wasn't because the guy was. If the left truly cared about women's rights, they would stop pushing women aside in order to make places for men. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, 
hit that subscribe button. Make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Wednesday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.